this is Tony Ruggiero here on the Tour Coach. First of all, I want to thank all of you for listening and supporting the Tour Coach over the past several seasons. It's been a fun ride, and we've got some great stuff going on. Many of you may have seen the launch and the first little pilot episode of Pro Work that we've done in partnership with Bushnell Golf. That's the first in the series that uh, it's been one of my uh, ambitions, one of my kind of like projects and dreams for the past couple years to film an inside, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at how myself and the team of great coaches, teachers, fitness experts, mental uh, and mental coaches all work together. Uh, at first, it was just with tour players, but now I want to show you how we work together. The Colby Tuyes, the Dr. Greg Cartons, the Mark Hackett's, Morgan Hales, Jackson Quartz, uh, Dr. Scott Lenz, Dan Terleski, all of us at Old Palm and, and, and at our retreats work together uh, to help golfers of all skill level and for it to be a real authentic, a real behind-the-scenes look, unedited, where you kind of see some of our discussions and some of the fun that we have. And so to kick this series off, we're starting a contest, okay? And that contest is going to be a, a social media contest for a doer sweeper, tour coach giveaway. It's, we're going to do the drawing the Monday after Augusta. We're going to draw one lucky winner. The winner is going to receive one free trip uh, to come see me and our team at one of our retreats. Okay, so you're going to get a free entry to our retreat with a brand new Bushnell Pro XE rangefinder plus three custom fit Cleveland golf wedges. And it wouldn't be a, a Dew Sweeper Tour Coach giveaway without some Vineyard Vines Dew Sweepers gear. So here's how you enter a chance to win this fantastic opportunity to travel to come see us for a retreat with a Bushnell Pro XE rangefinder, new Cleveland wedges, and a Vineyard Vines Dew Sweepers gear. It's simple. All you got to do is go on your social media. So go to social media, go to Instagram, and post a screenshot of your favorite tour coach episode, okay? Tag me at the Dew Sweeper, tag at Bushnell Golf, and tag at Cleveland Golf, okay? Hashtag pro work, hashtag tour coach, okay? I hope you're the lucky winner. If you go to Twitter, it's at Dewsweeper Golf, at Cleveland Golf, at Bushnell Golf, hashtag pro work, hashtag tour coach. So wherever you are, whatever social media you use, tag me, Bushnell, Cleveland Golf, and hashtag pro work, hashtag tour coach for an opportunity to win once again a trip a retreat entry to come see me work with me and my team at one of our famous retreats, plus a brand new Bushnell Pro XE, along with custom fit three Cleveland golf wedges for you and your game and some Dew Sweepers Vineyard Vine gear. We're going to do the drawing the Monday after the Masters. Hope all of you enjoy these this edition of the Tour Coach, along with upcoming some of the upcoming episodes. We've got some fantastic guests, some fantastic insight behind the scenes, but I promise you, Check out our social media. Go to Bushnell Golf on YouTube. Find the first edition of Pro Work. Take a listen. Take a look. Tell me what you think. There's more inside, authentic, behind-the-scenes uh, looks at our instruction, our instruction team. And there's going to be some plenty of laughs as well, I promise you. So, once again, this is Tony Ruggiero. I hope you enjoy listening to the Tour Coach. Hope you have uh, enjoyed watching Pro Work. Take advantage of this opportunity. Once again, go on Instagram, uh, take your favorite uh, picture, a screenshot 
of your favorite uh, tour coach episode or, or the one you're listening to and tag me at the Dew Sweeper, at Bushnell Golf, at Cleveland Golf, hashtag pro work, hashtag tour coach. Hopefully you're the lucky winner. Enjoy this edition of the tour coach and hopefully we'll see you soon on the lesson team. Joining me here on the tour coach, uh, two guys that I've gotten to know pretty well. I, I think they're glad that I worked with them on their golf game. Uh, most of it, most uh, we're talking about uh, Ryan Fisher and Adam Seabold from Bushnell Golf. Two golfers on uh, you know little different ends of the spectrum as far as where their games are. Had the opportunity to come down and, and work with myself, Mark Hackett, Colby Tuye, Richard Turga here at Old Palm. The whole gang get the whole experience. We were doing some stuff with the Bushnell Launch Pro. Many of you have seen the have seen some of the stuff. The first episode that's out, and turning this into we got some more episodes in the series yet to come, and producing some more. So it's a fun project. But I thought I'd bring them in to kind of talk a little bit about what we did, and then I, I think it's always good, guys. Welcome in here to the tour coach, but to get y'all's perspective of what the instruction was like and and how it was different and what you thought we did, and you know I think that's a good benefit, not just for other people wanting to learn, but it's great for us as teachers as well to get your opinions and, and your feedback about what we did. Yeah, no, we really appreciate your time and glad to be on your podcast. This is everybody who doesn't know, obviously I'm Adam Siebold. And so I'm, I'm our mid high handicapper. Um, and I got Ryan Fisher next to me. Yeah. I wasn't going to call you mid to high. I was going to call you mid. That's all right. I mean, Ryan already kind of called me high today. He was like, hi, maybe the mid. I was like, when did 14 become high? I thought, I thought at least it was mid, you know, help me out a little bit here, but what do I know? Yeah. Hey, Tony, thanks for having us on. First and foremost, um, just wanted to say congrats. I know you got a big win last week with Andy Ogletree. I know it's been uh, a fun journey with him from from winning the USAM to struggling a little bit, and uh, now you've got him back on the right track. So uh, congrats, first and foremost. Well, I appreciate that, guys. And uh, you know what? Uh, he's, he's one of the guys. In fact, I've got another one to – send in he's another he's one of my guys that not only has worked really hard like most of them and stayed committed to their program but he's also done a ton of work with his launch pro i mean he, he's he was my first pro that said hey i gotta have one bought a launch pro and you know he's an unbelievable wedge player and and there and it's no secret that that the practice and the, being able to practice effectively and uh, with your launch pro and getting the feedback is a big part of that. So, you know, it's a team, it's a team deal here, but man, the kids really playing some uh, two wins in the last six or seven starts and a seventh place at that Saudi international, which is, we know is a huge field with DJ and Cam Smith, all those. So to, to, to the golf he's been playing is special. So we're excited about it, but uh, let's talk about, I mean, you guys, uh, I mean, I know he's a 14 handicap, but we made some big strides while you were here as well. Tell us a little bit. I I always yeah. enjoy when I get the opportunity to have other parts of the team with me. But, you know, there's nobody better than Colby. I mean, to me, Colby's, uh, it's unbelievable the stuff that he can help get your body do that I can't get you to do without his help. Uh, what were your thoughts and experiences with that? And how was that different than maybe other other times you worked on your golf game? Yeah. <laughs> I've been working on my golf game a lot by myself. So I, I think obviously the time with you and Mark and obviously Colby uh, was just a big change for me because, you know, I was out there on the range by myself, just like banging seven irons. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, trying to put a little bit in place and, and getting some expert opinion and advice uh, that was definitely, definitely new for me. And, and obviously I felt like I was in good hands. So it was kind of like just trying to take it all in and, and try to, you know, 
take the advice you're given and the different lessons and coaching and then actually try to do it in real time. Um, mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. As, as you said, we learned a lot and I think we made some big strides as we were going throughout the, the day and, and working with, with Colby, especially. Um, I mean, Colby definitely made me realize how out of shape I was. I mean, that was, that was not a surprise if you, if you watch the screen, but um, I think, man, just can like we bring, balance, can we bring in the quote about from Ryan's wife, but no, we'll leave that. Oh on. yeah. Yeah. We'll leave that off. Well, hey, you know what? I'm going to size up on my shorts next time. All right. So when I see okay. you again, we'll size up in shorts. You, uh, you need to get him in some vineyard vine stuff, don't we, Tony? It uh, seems to be a little more, a little better take, fitting for uh, myself or, or Adam. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I looked at myself in the mirror here in the hitting bay with my new vineyard vine stuff the day we filmed that thing. And it spurred me on to go on a diet. I've lost 50. I'm like, damn, episode three and four, I got to look better. I mean, pretty soon they're going to just call me the whale. Nice. But uh, um, anyways, let's start with Adam. Because so like, I think what your situation is very similar yeah. to the majority of 14, 15 handicappers that I see day in, day out, whether they're here at Old Palm or they or whatever. And that is, like, they may go yep. hit balls, but they don't really, for one, they don't know what they're working on, they don't know why, and they sure as hell don't know how to practice it, right? And I think one of the things that we did, and obviously we were doing a lot of this to showcase the Launch Pro, but was, you know, helping you understand what to work on and why and how to go do it on your own when you did have time to go practice. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's, I think that's the game changer. <clears throat> I think that's a game changer for anybody that watches or anybody that's looking or in the market for a launch monitor. Um, so at the end of the day, again, like when I was out in the driving range by myself, it was, it was, it was all visual, right? If it, if it right. looked good, and it felt good. Then I tried to repeat that process. And that was on, the only real feedback that I had. Um, and then I think was it two years ago, we started the whole process with foresight of, of, of launching the launch pro. Um, and since I started got my hands on one and started using it at the range, it was definitely a game changer just to get the feedback of okay, that felt well. What what did the data say that I was doing well in that process? Was my was my swing path more neutral? Did I have you know was my attack angle a little more you know where I wanted it to be as opposed to you know maybe I'm like I don't know let's say plus one or two degrees with my irons if I'm getting really bad and out of shape out of whack here. Um, so that was something that to me was just a game changer. Um, and then again, I think marrying it with knowledge and expertise i think that's where the marriage really comes together for for any golfer out there especially the mid-high handicapper um because at the end of the day you know again you can you can repeat bad practices and get feedback but then also at the end of the day you could also just be uh almost what's a good way of saying it like you're you're solidifying bad practices and bad habits so you know i, I don't think the, the pitch to anybody is going to be hey you know buy, buy a launch monitor that solves all your problems but obviously if you're, if you're a good golfer you're going to get really great feedback and then if you work with a professional, PJ professional, you're going to have a really good marriage, especially for someone who's starting out like myself. Well, um, and, I think that's, you, where, that's where that comes all together. You know, and bringing Colby in, uh, and I'll stay with you, Adam, and then we'll go to Ryan. Like, you know, the, we joked about being fat and out of shape or whatever, but it's really about making you more functional, right? And I think that one of the things yeah. that I use Colby for is – uh, and, or, or Morgan Hale, you know, obviously Ryan, you know, Morgan and her family really well. And, and, and Morgan's going to be in one of the upcoming episodes like that. 
like you know something one of the reasons i think that what we did works is it doesn't do me any good to ask you to go do something that i can slow you down here on the swing catalyst or make you do an exercise and you can do it slow but as soon as you add speed your body physically can't do it you don't have enough strength or stability or mobility and and you know the interesting thing to me is i've gone down this journey working with folks like you is that um little little exercises and little things that we can give you to help you learn a movement pattern can pay big dividends by you just doing a few stretches and i remember it wasn't a week later ryan you sent me that video of you with that band stretching in the gym uh is that we can make big changes to people's mechanics and movement patterns by helping their body move more functionally and giving them a few exercises to do it yeah for sure i think that's that's where Colby, I think, is, his value really is, right? And what he brings to the series and just any golfer that he works with, right? That's I think that's why he works with some of the best out there. I think if you watch, you know, Full Swing, you see that he's working with JT. I think that was like showing off was on the first or second episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, yeah, his expertise and what he knows and how to get people in shape, it, I think it really showed even, again, the simple stuff we were doing out there. Like we showed like real in real time how much additional club head speed we picked. I, I picked up, right? Again, with just some simple, simple uh, balance exercises, essentially, um, which is which was pretty awesome. Yeah, one thing I I noticed, Tony, um, you know, with Colby and that interaction, I know you and I had had discussed it. One thing that was unique with with Colby is he actually came out and watched the lesson in progress. Um, it's it's easy to think that one solution fits everybody, but he was out there getting feedback from you on what you thought he needed to do better. And in, in turn, given the exercises specific to that, uh, that golfer, which I thought was really cool and not something I've seen with, uh, you know, previous fitness coaches. Well, that, that was the game changer for me as I worked with him. And I've said it on this thing a million times is he was the first fitness guy. And I've, all of us, you know, we've been around the game, Ryan, I know with your experience playing, like we've been around guys that are TPI certified or they're fitness guys, but like he's the first one that ever came to a lesson and would say, what do you want this guy to do? Okay, I'm going to teach him how to do it. I'm going to make his body able to do it, right? Not just give you a bunch of generic exercises. And I think that's what was important about the way you guys left was like, hey, I've got two or three things, each of us. Obviously, there's some similarities because there's fundamentals in the golf swing. Um, but everybody gets something different and it's geared towards towards what they what they're doing no doubt one other thing i wanted to call out tony that that i thought was informative and uh it's something i've heard from other instructors and in, as well but you made the point of by the time adam or i leaves the lesson we should have our tips or uh you know level of instruction be able to write that on a three by five uh, note card. I've been to right. lessons with some of the top instructors in the country before, and I walked out of the lesson and what the hell am I working on? Like, what, what's mm -hmm. my takeaway here? And I thought that was good. And, um, you know, my, my index card was pretty simple. You wanted me to improve the setup. You wanted me to improve my pivot on the backswing and last kind of overall thought was to be lethal inside of a hundred yards with those scoring clubs. And, um, I would say in my journey so far, I know we're early in the process here. I have made it um, a priority of mine to, you know, set up well, whether I'm practicing or playing, set up well on every single golf shot, make that good pivot. And to be honest with you, I'm a little lacking on what I've done drill-wise uh, that you suggested when we were meeting at Old Palm. So that's what I'm going to focus on over the next couple of weeks. But I thought that was just a really nice way of, 
uh, simplifying things for me because I'm not the I'm not the uh, sharpest tool in the shed, to be honest well, with you. So it was nice to simplify it in, in a way that you did. You know, I just had I, I just before we taped this thing, I had Peter Nade in here uh, finished second in the first Corn Fairy event of the year. Kid I've worked with several years, great young talent. And, you know, a couple of juniors were watching him. Right. And they asked, you know, one of them asked, like, well, something kind of very similar to what you we were just talking about, like with swing thoughts and different things. And he said, and when I come and work, I want it to be as simple as possible. And I want it to be condensed where it's just one or two feels. That's how I want to play. Right. And there's a guy trying to be one of the best players. He's, you know, almost won the first corn fair event doing great. Like, and I think that's a good lesson for people. And I think one of the, um, you know, uh, I think one of the, when we talk about technology and there's so much of it out there, like you guys were here in our studio, we've got swing catalysts, we've got launch pros. I mean, you, we got everything a guy could want, but it doesn't mean you have to look at every number and every set of data. And I think that's also one of the good things about like a launch pro is, uh, you know, Peter's getting one because he's like, I just, I just want to be able to have accurate numbers on carry and, and spin and launch. Like that's all I need to play good golf. Right. And I think every player whether you're a 14 handicapper or you're a scratch or you're a tour player needs to understand what your good numbers are and what, what is your good and then go practice doing those. You don't really have to, you don't really have to know a, a ton more than that. And you don't have to work on stuff that to you and your game isn't relevant, you know? And I think that's what happens in has happened to an extent in this technology phase is people I think are chasing numbers or looking at numbers that maybe have no relevancy to how they play or, or how they score. And, uh, you know, so like you take Adam, for example, we know dang well that if, if he's not getting rotated into that hip and he's sliding and tilting off the ball, that path is going to be way to the left. Right. Uh, and if he's not getting, if he's not getting set up and he doesn't get the face square. So, you know, I mean, he's got really one thing to look at and we obviously noticed how the speed numbers will go up the better he was doing it, but he's got two numbers that we're looking at, you know, and, uh, uh, same thing with you, you know, I mean, I, everybody's got you. Sh, every, I think the lesson for everybody is to understand the one or two things. And I learned that from, I had a great mentor, Mark Wood, who's up in Charlotte. And um, I mean, he was the one that always told me if you, if you can't write down everything the guy needs to know or lady uh, when they leave on a three by five index card, you did a shitty job, you know? And uh, you know, I've, that's always stuck with me. So I'm glad that you took something like that away because I think that there is a miss nomer out there that for it to be a really good lesson or for you to be a really good player it's got to be really complicated i still don't believe that that's true i think even also on like on my journey right obviously trying to go from a mid to a single digit handicapper a lot of it's just also almost course management right so like all the stuff we're working on in the bay and, and you know and swing stuff and swing thoughts and actual swing you know changes uh Really, what that needs to start playing into is course management, right? And I think that was something which we haven't shown yet. But when we went and played the three practice holes, I was in the last practice hole. Um, you know, really the thing we I think that we see a lot in the market, especially being Bushnell, is when people have a laser in their hand, they they tend to just laser flag, right? And they start mm -hmm. going flag hunting. Um, and what we worked on was actually, you know, not not necessarily la lasering the flag, just to obviously laser it to know the distance, but also lasering what we actually need to carry to get on the green, right? And to your point too about like Andy wanted to know. You know what are my actual like, carry distances, and that's really the main thing he needed a launch pro for. I think that's that's something that's also very valuable. If I know, if I start understanding for my own game, 
hey, what's my what's my carry for my seven iron consistently? And they're going to start understanding, like, how do I get on the green? What's that carry number I actually need to get on as opposed to flag hunting? That's what that's going to help me get down to a single digit a lot quicker than, you know, just chasing big numbers and chasing long drives and big, you know, big uh, carries and everything else like that. See, like, I think that when somebody's a 14 handicapper and they come and they say is a single digit, they think that the majority of the work is golf swing. Right. I think that's, you know, you had, you know, you were a 14 handicapper and absolutely there were some things we needed to fix in there and people are going to see it. And, you know, but I think the keys to you becoming a single digit are one to improve your pivot and the ability for you to get turned behind it so that you don't come so far from the outside and don't cut the ball so much. Right. So I think that's number one. But from there, I think your your goals and your tasks are to one by doing that become a better driver of the golf ball. We got to help you develop down the road more of a go to shot, understanding how to aim and set up for that shot how to how to think off the tee a little better. I remember on the first hole here, you know, at the practice hole, we talked about where to stand and aim uh, to hit that shot. And, and then I think the rest of it's inside 50 yards, you know, uh, yeah. for sure inside 100, but inside 50 yards. And if we can eliminate, I learned this from Peter Sanders a long time ago, shot by shot, like, man, if we can eliminate for you errors inside 50 or 100 yards where you don't miss the green from 50 yards and you give yourself a putt at it, like, you know, exponentially down the road that, you know, those errors add, that's what takes you from a, a 10 handicap to a 15, you know, yeah. that's a couple, couple 50 yard shots that you put into a bunker or you, or you miss the green. It doesn't take long for those. To, so I think we got to get you better off the tee through some of the stuff we're doing on the golf swing. And then we got to teach you how to play shots. And that, you know, a lot of that stuff, you know, Mark Hackett, who's, uh, the direct destruction here and spent time with us is going to do with you in the next, you know, coming down the road because that's such a big part of it. No, for sure. Let's talk, let's talk about Ryan. Tony shifting gears a little bit. I think. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about the real star of the show. Yeah. I don't know about that. I'm, uh, you know, I've only had the opportunity to play uh, a couple rounds since uh, our lesson there in, uh, in mid January, you know, PGA show and, we're kind of kicking off the golf season right now, so um, I'd be lying if I said I've put as much time as into it as uh, I need to. But um, that's gonna that's gonna change. I'm gonna have an opportunity to practice both indoors and and outdoors. And uh, again, I'm just gonna focus uh, until we meet again. I'm gonna focus on those three kind of topics, and that is, uh, you know, setup, getting getting a, a good setup and a good base, um, making a bigger, bigger pivot on the back end, and uh, I'm really going to start working on some of those wedge drills that uh, we're going to unveil in the next uh, next few episodes because I thought, you know, sitting on the, the back of the range at Old Palm and, and filming that content, um, it's you had a, a few drills that I've, I've done in the past. You had a lot of new stuff that I've never really thought about, so I'm, I'm interested to, to dive into that a little bit and see if we can get a little bit better. Well, I think that wedge play, you know, is is important for everybody and i think it's i think it's some of the least practiced i think guys you know guys and girls go out there and they hit at targets right and we've talked about this before they they're hitting at their flag you know or or whatever a bunker whatever's out there on the range but they i mean how how many 15 handicappers 10 handicappers shoot the yardage to know how far the flag they're hitting you know and and i i've never been to a tour event with a player where when they started, they didn't shoot 
whatever it is that they're hitting at first, right? They want to know how far something's going. And I think that it's simple things like that, that especially, you know, Ryan, you're already a good player. I mean, obviously you got, we're working on stuff and you've got some good goals and aspirations, but like, you know, as, as you go, as you improve and you get better, the strokes that are out there to pick up are fewer and far between. And, you know, a lot of that is be taking more advantage of opportunities inside a hundred yards or inside 125 yards. And some of that certainly is mechanics, but a big portion of that is understanding how to practice and paying more attention to small details. And just, you know, when you start and you go to the, obviously, you know, when you're able to go outside to your golf course up there in KC and you go outside, I mean, some of it's just, some of it's common sense stuff that we forget to do and that we, rifle through 10 balls hitting wedges and we never pay attention to how damn far we're hitting it or where it's landing. Right. But, and you give away 10 balls every time doing that, that you don't get anything out of other than maybe you've hit a few balls. So some of it's just getting more out of what you're already doing. Yeah. And, and one other point to, to that, um, I know you and I had talked, I think, and don't quote me on the exact percentages, but I think a, a normal, let's call it 10 handicapper, uh, about 78% of their, shots and around the golf are done with driver, a wedge and a putter. And are your practice uh, sessions reflecting that uh, the discrepancy? Cause I'm as guilty as anybody of going up and hitting, you know, 75, seven irons and then 75, four irons. And um, not saying that part of it's not important, but proportionally you're going to make your money. You're going to make your, your, your birdies. You're going to make your you know improvements from a handicap perspective with, with those three clubs, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, I mean, getting getting really good inside of 100 yards with those wedges is critical, in my opinion. Well, you know, two stories. One, you know, you know, my old mentor, he, I remember he he told a, a tour player once that you know if you get good in if you get good driving the ball and you get good with your wedges and your putter, you say you can't screw the irons up bad enough that you won't shoot a good score. Right. You know, and, and I think that's true. And then one time on the radio, I forget who I was interviewing, but they, they mentioned that, uh, you know, the great Jackie Burke in Houston, you know, that he had said the only he would watch people on the driving range and like he didn't understand why you wouldn't just practice your driver, your wedge and your putter. They're the only three clubs that matter. And I think that, you know, the vast majority of folks that we see out here on a range, I mean, they're <clears throat> they're ripping five irons and seven irons and, you know four hybrids. I mean, like how many of those dang things do you hit around, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I mean, how many, I mean, uh, uh, so I think that understanding how to practice better is one of the things. And I think people are going to enjoy that aspect. I think that the stuff we did on the golf course with you guys is going to be really cool for people to see, because I think that's overlooked in instruction. I think we spent a lot of time in these bays and we spent a lot of time with technology and I think it's harder and harder, but I think to really help people make jumps in their handicap and get better, we've got to spend time with you on the golf course um, and understand and, and helping you, you know, and helping you learn how to navigate it. And also it was to me as a teacher and a coach, uh, it was most helpful to see what you really did on the golf course, right? Like to see what really happens. What are your tendencies? What happened? You know, how do you line up? Uh, it's easy to line up in this bay on a swing caddis and everything squared up to a target. Totally different when the ground's a little, you know, you're a little downhill, side hill, water to the right. I mean, how do you aim? 
you know, you know, where, how good are you with your ball position? So I think those are all things that are going to be interesting for people to see as we go out on the golf course. Yeah, agreed. Um, just kind of shifting gears. I know you've got, uh, you've done some great work with Ben Carr who, um, you know, recently came in in second in the U.S. Amateur, and that gets him an invite into a, a little golf tournament up in Georgia here in a couple of weeks. What, uh, what, in a couple, I, I should say, a couple of months. But uh, what are you guys doing with Ben right now to you know prepare for for the Masters? Um, have you guys been up there? What what is the process what, for that elite level of amateur look like he, between now? He, and he's been, I mean, he he went and played one of his uh, practice rounds a week ago or a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we're going in a couple weeks or just over two weeks, um, up there to do a prep round. And he stopped in actually yesterday here at Old Palm or two days ago. And we did some, we did some work oddly enough. Um, you know, we've really stressed to him. I'm not a huge stats guy, but I think at times it's really, really good. Um, especially for really good ball strikers. So I think really good ball strikers always go where they think that they, they think they hit it worse than they do. You know, because they're so used to hitting it so good. And uh, it was good to show him where areas of improvement are. And one of the things based in it's we just touched on it was that his wedges weren't good enough. Right. Just like, you know, for as many as good as he drives and as many opportunities as he's going to get. I mean, he didn't he didn't wedge it good enough. Didn't, and he made a few errors. He short sided himself a couple of times with some wedges that you can't do. So really, our focus has been on set up getting good and balanced he tends to get a little out of whack with that and then and then focusing on wedge play and uh you know a bunch of chipping and putting because that's going to be important but he's also making his first start pga tour start even though it'll be as an amateur next week in puerto rico um you know so uh he's got a lot of big things coming up i think one of the things when you're dealing with somebody at that level and they're i've been fortunate enough to have several guys i think he's my fourth or fifth one that's gonna make a pga tour start you know, coming up through school and is to try to keep it as normal as possible and help them understand that it's still golf, right? I mean, it's obviously a bigger stage and you got an opportunity to do some good things for yourself, but it's still the same game you've been playing since you were little. I mean, the ball's the same size, same clubs that you had before you went to the U.S. Amateur. So, you know, to try to keep it as normal as possible and, and, just keep them focused on the things that it takes for them to be good. And every, like we've said, everybody's got their own note card. Uh, his is very posture driven because when he gets postured correctly, he's a hell of an athlete. He does a lot of stuff. Good. Most of the time when he starts to swing crappy, it's, it's because he's not set up very well. So, uh, you know, not real sexy stuff there, but really working on his wedges, using, doing a lot of stuff with yardages. I mean, not, always turning this into a commercial, but we spent an hour at the back of the range with his, you know, with a launch pro, just him, him working on yardages and wedge numbers, you know, cause that's so important, especially at Augusta, right? Where the hitting your shot, the right number is so critical to get it to land in the right spot, which creates birdie opportunities or could short side you or give you something that's, you know, a really difficult putt. So um, that's really where we're focused. And it's, you know, it's a big stretch of golf for him and, uh, we're excited about it. Yeah, that, that's awesome. We'll, we'll be pulling for him. Certainly um, excited to see him hopefully play well. I know you've had some players play really well. Smiley in the final group. Um, what year was that? I believe uh, the year that Spieth had his fortune there. Yeah, so uh, I know you've that had was, a lot of success. Yeah, you're willing. A lot of 
Yeah, you know, it's uh, obviously there's guys that have somebody in every year. I, I hadn't got to that level yet. But, uh, you know, when I've gone, we've had guys play good, right? And, you know, Andy was the low amateur at the Masters. Um, you know, it's amazing to me now, and you guys see this, like the, the amateurs now are so much more prepared for that stage. You know, remember back, I go watch these. I don't know what you got, but like when it comes to the masters, I like to go on YouTube and I like to watch those old broadcasts that they have, you know, with, uh, uh, I mean, they're, they're awesome. And, uh, uh, I mean, one, you look at the clothes they wore, but two, you know, uh, uh, I mean, it's just wild though, but like you, you know, and you'd watch them in Butler cabin with the, with the presentation, of the low amateur, most of the time, a lot, a big chunk of the time, those guys didn't make the weekend or weren't a factor at all. And now you watch amateurs come out and I mean, uh, they get to play in it and they make the cut and they're, you know, they shoot good numbers. And I think it just shows that with all the technology out there from launch pros to range finders, to swing catalysts, to fitness stuff with like Colby, these players coming up are more, they're more prepared and they're more they're more physically and mentally prepared to play on that stage way more than we were ever when we were coming up. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And I don't care what anybody says. The, the fields are certainly a lot deeper now, um, even going down to the, you know, the, the five or six amateurs that play every year. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's out that technology has brought people close together. You know, the, the people that might not have been great athletes growing up have an opportunity to to optimize it through, you know, through launch monitors, through equipment and everything. So, um, yeah, it's been interesting to see the transition from the seventies, eighties, nineties, and, and, and into now how good so many players are out there. It, um, there's a it, fine line it's not, between. It's not going to either. It's not going to go back, but I think, you know, one of the things, and, you know, I always like to tie, you know, stories for people, you know, that, that are really good players do. And that is, you know, Peter was just in here, and one of the things we did was we got his, we got all of his numbers, you know, that we that we want, and video and swing catalyst stuff while he's hitting it great, so that we could go back to it, right? You know, using technology, whether they're launch monitors, force plates, or whatever, or three D or anything, isn't just used for when you're playing bad. I mean, one of the best things you can do with it is get numbers when you're playing great so that you actually know what the heck you were doing when it, when it, uh, when it goes bad. Cause we know how hard the game is. It's going to go bad at some point. You're not going to stay, uh, you know, the tiger woods has had, he's had down periods, right? He's had periods, didn't hit it as good. Like no matter who you are, you're going to have down periods. So it's, I think it's easier now to get back to your, uh, to what your good is, whatever your good is, whether it's you, Adam, or you, Ryan, like, we just need to do a better job of understanding what your good is. And you do that by measuring and having some data collected from when things are good. And I think that's an overlooked thing about technology. Everybody talks about the problem solving and the stuff we can figure out, but man, having information about what you're doing when you're doing it good is incredibly valuable. No doubt. It's good feedback. Yeah. There's, you know, I I think there's lots we can do with it. And, you know, I think that's also going to be some of the stuff we show, um, you know, we show in this series as we go along. And uh, I told you on the phone, Ryan, and I've 
Adam, you know, we, we're going to film some more stuff in a couple of weeks with, uh, down here with me and Colby and some folks and different, different golfers of different levels. It's going to be fun to show them how we use, how we all work together and how we use the launch pro to keep helping people play better. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be super exciting to see. So you guys take it almost like a, a traveling roadshow of sorts, right? You know, just trying oh, yeah. to find more golfers out there. <laughs> and, uh, I keep yeah, trying to like, find places. With, I'm trying to find places with good bars to go to. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Should we, I think we, I think you need my film crew when we go to Nashville. How about that? I can do Nashville. I, I want to film Key West. I know a couple fishing fishing guys down there. They want to get some golf lessons and help, and we can have a heck of a time. But uh, we'll, we'll hit Nashville. We're gonna hit. Uh, we'll hit the Gulf Coast. I mean, we're gonna go to some fun places with this, and um, you'll see me in my little backpack with my Launch Pro and my van. Colby and Greg Carton and Jackson and Morgan, everybody hack it all trailing behind. So we'll have some fun, mix in a few beers, have a good time and help some folks. Yeah. Hey, well, all you need now is Jimmy Buffett. And then you got the full keys on vibe. Oh, I did. I snuck down to that concert a couple nights ago. I, and I'm going to yeah. give a little marital advice here while we're closing out this thing. The whole <laughs> secret to me being on my fourth wife and this working so well is I didn't tell her I was going to the concert. Till about four days before when we had a house full of people. <laughs> Smart. Smart. You're so if man. you're listening to this and you're struggling with something at home, just you can thank me later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> guys, I appreciate you guys. One, all the support you guys at Bushnell have given me over, over my career. But two, for believing in this series that we've put together and this crazy harebrained idea i come up with at times but we're going to have some fun with this and also for trust me me and colby with y'all's game because we're going to have some fun and make you guys better for sure i think we're, i think i can speak for ryan and i and saying that we're, we're excited for the future and, and working with you guys continue working with you guys and where this whole story ends out for us and our, and our goals for this year yeah tony thanks a ton for having us on good luck to you over the next few weeks i can't wait to see you again in person i know you've got some big weeks ahead you know preparing for the masters and andy preparing for with with what he has going on but uh yeah we thank the world of you it's a two-way street you've done a lot to support our brand as well so we really appreciate that well i appreciate it. you guys keep taking me to good barbecue places we'll keep cranking out some good stuff so i appreciate you guys and we'll look forward to seeing you down here next time keep working on your game I hope you enjoyed this edition of The Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at The Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and The Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrikshon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.